Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, aka the Gargoyle, and tonight is my fourth episode of my 60 Days of Halloween coverage. As I've mentioned before, I'm doing themed weeks with a podcast covering the entire week, rather than individual episodes over each of the movies that I've watched. Week one was Giant Monsters, week two was Nondescript, week three was Medical Horror, and week four was Documentary Week. For Documentary Week, I watched Monster Madness, The Golden Age of the Horror Film, the Scream Queens episode of 100 Years of Horror, Best Worst Movie, Birth of the Living Dead, Vampira and Me, Nightmares in Red, White, and Blue, and The American Scream, in that order. Uh, with these movies being documentaries, there aren't really spoilers per se, but since I'm going to be talking about some of the movies that are talked about in the documentaries, I guess you could say that there's going to be some spoilers. So consider this your general spoiler warning for each of the documentaries, if that's even necessary. So if you've listened to just about any of my podcasts, you know that one of the things that I love most about movies is analyzing them, especially when it comes to horror movies. Horror movies reveal so much about humanity that just isn't found in most other movies. What terrifies us? How do we overcome diversity? Who are we when things are at their worst? What are the horrors of humanity? What are the horrors within ourselves? Is the supernatural real? These are topics that might be addressed in other styles of movies, but I feel like the horror genre allows these ideas to be discussed more fully because horror movies push boundaries and push us past mere entertainment. So with my love of horror movies and studying the human condition, it should be no surprise that I especially love horror documentaries. Needless to say, I was pretty stoked about Documentary Week, especially since there are so many different types of documentaries. Whether they be historical, looking more at some of the technical aspects of how a movie was made, analytical, looking more at the why of a movie, or human interest, focusing on people rather than film. Horror documentaries fascinate me on so many levels. Now, even though I love horror movies, I love documentaries, and I love documentaries about horror and Halloween, this is going to be a much shorter episode than usual. Probably the shortest of all the episodes of this year's 60 Days of Halloween. When it comes to describing the plot of a documentary, it really is just whatever the subject matter is for the film. Also, while many of the documentaries did talk about horror movies and therefore also talked about some of the underlying fears represented within the movies, the documentaries themselves don't really have an underlying fear, so there won't really be much for me to talk about in regards to underlying horrors found within the theme. But I'll still talk about what I liked, what I didn't like, and any other interesting bits that stood out to me as I was watching them. So, starting things off, I watched Monster Madness, the golden age of the horror film. This documentary was primarily about the Universal Monsters. There was some talk of other monsters from other production companies, but it was mostly just in making references or comparisons to the Universal Monster films. Personally, I love Universal Monsters. I love the gothic stories with tragic monsters. They just reveal so much about humanity, both in terms of how the monsters suffered with their, well, monstrosities, as well as how the monsters were treated by those who did not understand them. But that's not what this episode is about. All of that is for the Universal Monster Week, which is coming up in a few weeks. This episode is about documentaries. So as far as documentaries go, I think that Monster Madness, the golden age of the horror film, was interesting and I certainly love the subject matter. There were a few sections where just one person was driving the entire narrative, and I would have liked to have seen a few more interviews interspersed to have given it a more comprehensive feel. Also, the documentary focused much more on the history of the studios and the movies rather than on the horrors of the monsters. So if you're wanting analysis on why the Universal Monsters are timeless, this won't quite meet that need. But if you're interested in the history of Universal Studios and the role the monster movies had on the studio, then I think that you would really enjoy this one. 
If you're a fan of Universal Monsters at all, I definitely recommend it. Alright, next up was the Scream Queens episode of 100 Years of Horror, narrated by Christopher Lee. There really isn't much to say about this one. The mid-90s production quality, especially the pretty terrible CGI intro, certainly isn't the best, and it might be pretty difficult for some people to actually get past. But it's a nice little 25-minute bite-sized chunk of horror documentary. Plus, it's narrated by Christopher Lee. So if you're wanting a documentary but don't have a time for a full movie, it's definitely worth checking out. Alright, next up was Best Worst Movie. Best Worst Movie is a documentary about Troll 2. Specifically, it's about the cult following that it had garnered in the years prior to the filming of the documentary. I first saw Best Worst Movie as a double feature with Troll 2. I was living in Alabama at the time, and even though it wasn't a major event, like a horror convention or anything like that, it wasn't that far from George Hardy's hometown, so he was able to be there to introduce the movie. He's just such a happy and smiley person, and it was so awesome that he was able to be there. So I have an extremely fond memory of the first time that I saw a Best Worst Movie, and Troll 2, and it's almost impossible for me to not love this film. But aside from my experience the first time that I saw it, Best Worst Movie just has so much heart and is so endearing. It's made by Michael Paul Stevenson, who is the main character, the kid, from Troll 2, and it's an incredibly well-done documentary. It primarily follows George Hardy, the dad from Troll 2, as he learns about the cult following that has been growing for Troll 2, but just about every main character and many of the minor characters are also involved. It is heartwarming, and a little sad, to see all of the actors and actresses so many years later. One of my favorite things about Best Worst Movie is that many of the actors actually return to the original house where it was filmed and recreate the scenes. Seeing George Hardy laughing and smiling, carrying an adult Michael Paul Stevenson and telling him that you can't piss on hospitality, I mean, how can you not love that? If you've ever seen Troll 2 and got any enjoyment out of it whatsoever, then I think that you'll be able to understand part of what makes Best Worst Movie so endearing. And if you haven't seen Troll 2, or if you just don't understand how anyone can enjoy, quote, bad movies, I think that Best Worst Movie does a great job of showing the heart and authenticity of so many people who pour themselves into creation and cinema, as well as hearing from fans directly to understand why movies like this are loved. If you've never seen Best Worst Movie or Troll 2, I absolutely recommend that you get together with a group of friends and do a double feature. If you've seen Troll 2 and hated it, then I absolutely recommend that you get together with a group of friends and do a double feature, start with Best Worst Movie, and give Troll 2 another shot through the lens of all those heartfelt fans. And if you're already a fan of Troll 2, you don't need much encouragement, but I definitely recommend that you get together with a group of friends and do a double feature. I guess what I'm saying is go watch Best Worst Movie and Troll 2. Alright, next up was Birth of the Living Dead. This was a documentary chronicling the making of Night of the Living Dead and the impact that it had. Night of the Living Dead is one of my favorite horror movies, so I found this documentary extremely fascinating. One of the things that I loved about it was that it's heavily driven by interviews with George Romero. So rather than just having a historian talk about the information that they were able to find, you have the information directly from the source. I think that it's fascinating to hear details about the making of the movie, like the fact that real intestines and organs were used from a butcher, and when one of the zombies was set on fire, he wasn't wearing any fireproof clothing. He was just told to roll around on the ground when he got too hot. Even though Birth of the Living Dead is just about the making of Night of the Living Dead, it does address aspects of filmmaking, social commentary, societal fears, the resulting impact of the film. Man, for just looking at one movie, it is a very comprehensive documentary, which is impressive considering that the runtime is right at an hour and 16 minutes. 
One of the things that stood out to me when I was watching Birth of the Living Dead was the discussion of the last scene of Night of the Living Dead. Even though this movie is almost 50 years old, major spoiler warning. In the last scene of Night of the Living Dead, Ben, played by Dwayne Jones, survives the night but is shot the next morning as a group is going around and shooting zombies. The part wasn't written specifically for an African American, but it's impossible to not view that last scene through a racial lens. What really stood out to me during this documentary was how it's even more relevant today in light of African Americans being shot by police. Now, I'm not going to go into a major political discussion here, but I couldn't help but see the comparison of he looked like a zombie, so they shot him, with it looked like he had a gun, so they shot him. There's no way that George Romero could have known how relevant that scene was going to be, but man, even 50 years later, it absolutely remains one of the most powerful scenes in cinema. So it probably goes without saying that I definitely recommend Birth of the Living Dead as well. Okay, next up was Vampira and Me. This documentary is a fascinating examination into the life of Myla Nurmi, the actress who played Vampira. The majority of the narrative comes from the narration of the director, Ray Green, and an interview that he had with Myla. Interviews with others about Vampira, old TV footage, and media coverage round out the documentary to get a fairly in-depth view of Myla's life as Vampira. Watching this documentary definitely deepens an appreciation for the character, while at the same time, it was a tragic look at the life of Myla Nurmi. There are too many details covered in Vampire and Me that wouldn't be given justice by just a recap, but there are two main things that stood out to me in regards to the dichotomy of the impact of the character, but the tragedy of the person. The first is, Vampire was absolutely a pioneer, breaking societal norms and restrictions to freely be who the character was, while at the same time, falling victim to the same societal trappings that she was breaking through, such as the focus on the body and maintaining a certain figure. Sure, the figure was breaking norms, but she still had to starve herself to keep that figure, and the costume she wore was excessively constricting. The other aspect that stood out to me was how tightly Myra clung to the character, how she became Vampira, rather than just playing her as a character, how mad she was at Elvira for stealing the character, but all when Vampire was created by inspiration from Morticia Adams. So, so much of Myla's life was tied up in Vampira, the groundbreaking character that challenged societal norms and has unquestionably had a lasting impact, but all created as an attempt to portray Morticia Adams. Now, it's not exactly just that simple. There's a lot more going on that's fleshed out in the documentary. But I think that part of why she clung so tightly to Vampira and why she was willing to put her body through so much to maintain the figure was because she was trying to escape reality to escape the sadness of her own life, the disapproving mother, the cheesecake modeling, the poverty, the loss of friendships and loved ones, an attack that could have killed her. With everything that she went through, it makes sense why someone doing a similar character would have felt like the person was trying to steal Myla's identity. Now, you might view the events of her life differently, but when I was watching Vampire and Mia, that's what stood out to me, and I found it equal parts fascination and tragedy. I definitely recommend that you check it out. Okay, next up was Nightmares in Red, White, and Blue. This documentary focuses on horror movies in America, starting with Thomas Edison's interpretation of Frankenstein and chronicling the journey to modern horror movies. The focus on Nightmares in Red, White, and Blue is the analysis of the horror. How do horror movies not only reflect, but also shape the horrors of society? Why have horror movies changed so drastically over the decades? What horrors were being represented through movies? What terrifies us as individuals, as society? Even though Nightmares just focuses on American horror movies, 
It is incredibly informative and insightful, giving a comprehensive view of horror in America. Much like many of the other reviews that I've covered in the past few weeks that I've absolutely loved, there isn't really much that I can say about Nightmares in Red, White, and Blue. Not because it isn't worth talking about, but because it's just straightforward awesomeness. The commentaries and discussions that are presented in this documentary have helped to shape how I view horror movies and mirrors my analysis on so many levels. If you even remotely enjoy horror, I would say that this is required viewing to deepen your appreciation of the genre. If you don't understand why people like horror movies, well, if you don't understand why people like horror movies, then why are you listening to a podcast that's devoted to horror for two months? But if you know people who don't understand the appeal of horror movies, this documentary does an excellent job of showing how the horror genre reflects the horrors of society and addresses them in a way that pushes beyond conventional boundaries of other cinematic genres. It should go without saying that I very strongly recommend this documentary. All right. Last up for the week was The American Scream. This was another documentary by Michael Paul Stevenson, director of Best Worst Movie. Unlike the rest of the documentaries for the week that focused on movies and cinema, this documentary followed three families in Massachusetts as they prepared for Halloween by converting their yards into homemade haunts. This documentary is done incredibly well. I love how it shows the joys of what they do the hardships and sacrifices that they and their families go through to create these haunts, and the joys that the haunts bring to the community. The American Scream doesn't seem like it's ignoring the humanity of the individuals, again, showing some of the hardships that they've experienced, but it also doesn't seem like just a sob story trying to pull on heartstrings. There's a very good pacing and balance throughout the entire documentary. There's just so much heart. So much art and hard work in what they create. So heartwarming to see the interactions of the family. Again, there isn't a whole lot to say about the documentary in regards to description, but length of description certainly does not correlate to level of enjoyment. The American Scream was one of the most enjoyable documentaries of the week. I'd even go so far as to say it's one of the most enjoyable documentaries that I've ever seen. As I've mentioned at the beginning of the episode, there are many different types of documentaries. Ones that are informative in regards to history, ones that are informative in regards to analysis, and ones that are human interest and more entertainment than informative. This definitely falls in that third category of entertainment and human interest. Uh, you might get some ideas for your own haunts by seeing what these people create, but the emphasis is on the people, not the haunts. I loved The American Scream. Even if you aren't a fan of horror movies, again, if you aren't a fan of horror movies, I'm not entirely sure what you're doing listening to a podcast about horror movies, uh, but even if you're not a fan of horror movies, there's still so much to love about this documentary. So, short as that might have been, that was Documentary Week for 60 Days of Halloween. Monster Madness, The Golden Age of the Horror Film, The Scream Queen's episode of The 100 Years of Horror, Best Worst Movie, Birth of the Living Dead, Vampira and Me, Nightmares in Red, White, and Blue, and The American Scream. Documentary Week was such an enjoyable week for me. With my love of horror movies, I found each of them fascinating. From history to analysis to human interest, there's just such a wide variety of horror documentaries and so much to love about each of them. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, there isn't really much to discuss in regards to the underlying horror. But in regards to an underlying theme, obviously the underlying theme of any documentary is to have a better and more in-depth understanding of the content. So if you're already a horror fan, these documentaries can deepen your appreciation of a genre that you already love. If you aren't really a horror fan, then these documentaries can give a better understanding about what it is about the genre that draws people in. It's not just the blood and the gore. There is so much more that can be found about humanity within horror movies. Right, so, so far I've been picking a top movie for each week. 
Because of the diversity in the types of documentaries, it was a bit more difficult for me to pick a clear winner. So I'm going to cheat a little and pick a top movie for two different types of documentaries. As far as informative documentaries go, Nightmares in Red, White, and Blue wins hands down. It's just so comprehensive and does such an excellent job of analyzing how horror movies mirror the darknesses of humanity. As far as human interest documentaries, it was a very close call between Best Worst Movie and The American Scream. But since I think that part of the enjoyment of Best Worst Movie is the deepened appreciation of Troll 2, which means that watching Troll 2 is part of the enjoyment of Best Worst Movie, I'm going to have to go with The American Scream. The American Scream was just such a well-done, entertaining documentary with humanity, some sadness, and so much heart. So, that's it for Documentary Week. If you enjoyed this episode, check out my episodes for Giant Monster Week, Nondescript Week, and Medical Horror Week. And be sure to come back soon for the next episode of 60 Days of Halloween for IFC Midnight Week. Like I mentioned before, I've got themes set for each week and some movies lined up that I'm really excited to talk about. Also, like I've mentioned before, I'm going to be going to the Knoxville Horror Film Fest the weekend of October 20th and the Frightening Ass Film Fest in Chattanooga the weekend of October 27th. These are some great horror film fests with some awesome movies lined up for this year. If you're a fan of horror, I highly recommend that you check out both of these film fests and try to make it to at least one of them. I know that individual tickets and weekend passes are rapidly disappearing, so if you're wanting to go to either of these film fests and you don't have your ticket yet, you better act quick before they're all gone. And if you aren't able to make it to either of these film fests for one reason or another, then at least find time to get together with friends and enjoy some good horror movies together. I've already gone through four weeks of horror, so hopefully you're getting some ideas on what to include in your own Halloween movie nights. But if you'd like more suggestions on what to watch, keep checking back for more episodes of 60 Days of Halloween. You can also check out my past reviews, con coverage, and just general geekery at gargylereviews.blogspot.com. And be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Gargoyle Reviews, on Facebook, slash The Gargoyle, and on iTunes or Google Play. Just do a search for The Gargoyle. But until next time, that's been it for this episode of The Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, and as always, you can find me where geekery and horror abound. <laughs>